September 24th, 2019, two days after the 71st Emmy Award, a very special episode of Mike, Mike, and Emmy, mm. because we're long-winded and don't know how to keep things short. We thought this was going to be a Devil in the Advocate episode, but we figured we have a lot to say, and why not, because a lot of things went down on the Emmy stage, so Mike, Mike, and Emmys, that's the show that you're getting today, our Emmys recap from the 2019 Award Show. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. We love reviewing TV. We do it every week on yes. MMO Weekly. We watch a lot of it ourselves. I think, you know, a deceiving way, I've watched way more TV than I ever thought because I'm always complaining that I can't. And that doesn't yet. surprise me because you do try to keep up with, like, everything in a screen medium. But you do, too. I right? try to, with, yeah. With yeah. Chernobyl and, right. and Glow and all these things that you watch as well. Yeah. So I, I, th- I really think we sneakily have less lives <laughs> than we actually... Than we even give ourselves credit for? Give ourselves credit. For as credit. little lives as we, uh, we have, say that we do? We have no, zero lives. Right, no, that's true. That's we, accurate. We, I can we, confirm that. We watch things. See each other way too much to have any kind of social <laughs> life. But yes, that's what we'll be doing today, recapping the 71st Emmys Award that just went down in Hollywood a couple days ago. And let's start with the biggest story of the night, uh... Game of Thrones does walk away with its big final season recap Emmy. Yay, celebration, Micah, head gloat. Well, the argument for this win is it has the highest of highs, and even you admitted that when we reviewed this way back in a Devil in the Advocate episode. Like, the climax of that penultimate episode is as cool as anything I've ever seen on TV. I don't get, Mike, why they included that climax on the gosh darn montage leading into the, you know, the award presentations. What are they doing, Emmys? Holy spoiler alert, Batman! (laughs) What are they doing? I don't think they care. Uh, Maybe they're banking on, like, the hardest of hard Game of Thrones watchers either already being in the know or just not caring about that person actually watching the Emmys anyway. Do they not care about HBO and their streaming war? I mean, is this a shot across the bow for the streaming wars? Because every all this is going to Disney Plus and HBO Max is coming out. I mean, we've been talking about these streaming wars. The Mike. way the night started with the Emmys, I thought this was going to be and so did film Twitter in general. I thought this was going to be a huge indictment on the streaming because things weren't going well for Netflix at the very get-up, but we're getting into that. We're talking about mm-hmm. Game of Thrones and talk about things not going well. Things were not going well for Game of Thrones all night long. <laughs> I do think it was a bit of category cannibalism. I, mean, I agree. You had best supporting actress. You had four. Four of the six, yeah, and, and none of them won, which was shocking and a bit of an indictment, I think, also. Look, the way I land on this to get the mm. big picture stuff out of the way first, Game of Thrones should have won. And this is what I tweeted. I believe that should have won. It was the rightful win. And if the Emmys are truly a celebration of television, you had to reward Game of Thrones, right? But it wasn't the best dramatic season of television, was it? Succession was pretty good. I've been okay. on the record of you saying Succession is the best show on TV. It's the best overall composition. But, again, highest of highs, and the argument against is you have soul-crushing lows, you, uh, you know, deserved societal outcry of lows after that Game of Thrones season. We broke it down in an episode that I'm still very proud of that people have clicked on like yeah. crazy in that uh, Game of Thrones series recap. I do think that it deserves many wins. Now, does it deserve the overall composition award when you have something like Succession? I wonder what HBO was thinking. Did they want Succession to win and pass the torch? Or did they want, you know, to, to give it that final award? Interesting. I would think with the amount of money they put into Game of Thrones, they would probably were hoping that they would land on Game of Thrones for their final season. To me, it would have been a massive story because it's always a big deal when the Emmys don't 
give a long-running popular show the big crown and the big send-off with their la- and reward their last season. They didn't mm-hmm. do it with Veep at all. No. And we have reasons, I, or at least we believe there are reasons for that. Veep wasn't as strong this year as it has been yeah. other years. You they agree, kind I of agree. were undercut yeah. with the Trump administration. Real life became so much more ridiculous <laughs> than parody and satires. That's tough to do for that show. I was a little surprised they didn't reward Julie Louis-Dreyfus, but Game of Thrones, like, Mad Men got this big send-off, all these big shows break bad gets the big send off it would have been shocking if game of thrones didn't get the best dramatic series win in its last year especially because it had won like four years four times before best dramatic series or twice before at least something some kind of multiple number but you're right it didn't have a great night overall only won two out of the 14 major awards the other notable win was peter dinklage winning for best supporting actor in a drama series and he gives a heartwarming speech michael i love that speech i think it was well deserved too. I, I mean, I think he was, of anything Game of Thrones could have won, I think it was the most proper that he was rewarded. I certainly would have preferred him over like a Kit Harrington win for best lead uh, performance in a dramatic series. Mm-hmm. And he had to overcome cannibalism in his own category there. He did. I mean, I mean that's that's hard to win. We've seen it in the Oscars a million times. I wonder what the you know the num- overall numbers are in the TV world. We don't study the Emmys like we do the other Golden Man here, but I do think that uh, category cannibalism factored into the favorite last year in Supporting Actress. We, we've seen it many on an award show. Another stark contrast between the Oscars and Emmys due to, and it was highlighted by Game of Thrones, I was thinking all night, well, Game of Thrones missed out on Supporting Actress, they missed out on Lead Actor, they missed out on Writing, they missed out on Directing. If that happens with an Oscar favorite, you're writing off the best picture chance. True. You know, like, you're like, oh, there's no way. It needs to win some of the undercard awards if it's going to win best picture. Typically, That correlation apparently just doesn't exist. I went back in time and I I tried looking at any show that had won best dramatic series without winning a directing, writing, or lead acting, or lead performance, I should say, award. Right. Game of Thrones did it last year. And then before that, Breaking Bad did it in like 2013. So it, it happens far more frequently with television than it would in the Oscars. Those are like composition awards, you would think. Right. Again, you right. know, where do you give credit to the overall composition, to the writing, to the directing, the overall picture? I mean, those, they're in the same ballpark, right? It's I, the I don't same understand pie how, chart. Right. I don't understand how you can separate those out. If but it they doesn't do. have the best directing or writing, then it can't be the best show, can it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's, it's fascinating how the two award shows work. We may have to dive into the Emmys more often down the line. This was just a great night for me overall, and it was fun to watch all this. I was just happy to be watching an award show overall. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to continue with these big winners, Mike, because mm-hmm. Fleabag, four of the six nominations came through as winners. Phoebe Waller-Bridge was up on that stage many times. It won two out of five for the Creative Arts Emmys. Mike, this was a smash hit, 6 out of 11 total, and she is as charming as anybody, right? Have you watched Fleabag? I watched four episodes last night, so I finally got into season one, and I love it. It's filthy, it's hilarious, the drama works, the characters are so dimensional that I'm just thrilled. It's great character writing, and she's always breaking the fourth wall which is hilarious every time. I love her so much for it. it. It's really pushing the boundaries of fourth wall breaking, and you would love it for just the meta-ness. I do need to see it now, especially after it had so much success, but it's it's it reminds me of Faulty Towers. I know it's not close to the same program, but it's like two seasons. 
here's you know 18 episodes 20 episodes we're done wipe our hands of it we're getting off tv no more and it's being celebrated for that it did have a huge win because of how popular it is i'm not shocked that it beat out veep i'm shocked Phoebe Waller-Bridge beat Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That was shocking to me. I did not expect that. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus was the betting favorite in Vegas as well. Well, she's terrific in season one so far. That's all I can say. And I and I see it because Julia Louis-Dreyfus was a little meaner in this last season, wasn't she? She was extra mean. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she was certainly her mean. Her character. She, that character is, is a despicable character. Oh, overall. yes. It certainly is. And that's kind of been the, the whole through line of throughout the series. Maybe it was made her this year. Maybe she felt she had to compete with what was going on in real life. I don't know. There was definitely something lacking overall with V, but I just thought the personal story of JLD, you know, having the cancer battle, this being her last season, she's obviously a longtime veteran of all kinds of comedies on TV. I thought they would reward her and just wasn't to be. She she was no Glenn Close after she missed the award, dude. Her face was showing it. She couldn't help it, Mike. It was like, it was like, I can't believe I didn't win that. You know what I, I appreciated, though? She had to go on stage in the Veep character yes. to present a different award after her cast. loss. And she was able, I mean, she did it with a plum. She was beautiful mm -hmm. and she played right into it. Tony Hale being next to her and getting the people <laughs> off stage and yeah. trying to <laughs> be like, the award goes to Julian Louis-Dreyfus. She's like, no, forget it. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I li I appreciated that. And she is a pro's pro, but you're right. Certainly in the moment. Yeah. You should feel upset. I don't like the fakeness is a problem I have with Big Brother too. When these people vote you out, don't hug them. <laughs> You know, they just stabbed you in the back. Spit on right. them and leave. <laughs> you can be a gracious loser without being like, oh, yeah, come here, you old rascal scallion, you. Don't do that. You, you can be will, upset. You will rue the day is what I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mike Chernobyl was the other big winner on the big night here. It won three out of its six major nominations. The Creative Arts Awards, it won seven out of 13. Mike, I tried to watch this show. And I got 15 minutes in and I couldn't take it. It was too heavy. I knew that it was basically going to end in like gross hospitals. You know that reactor is going to have a meltdown. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of do. Yeah. I kind of do. So there's <laughs> probably a fair guess. The first 10 minutes, there's a suicide and yeah. it's just, oh. Look, it's a very heavy show. It's a very good show. It mm -hmm. was, it had the benefit of debuting and having its run immediately after everybody's television desire and thirst was at its peak because a Game of Thrones just went off the air. There's been a lot of jokes made about this. Right. So, yes, it's a very well done show. Mm -hmm. Is it worthy of all the acclaim and now, what, four major Emmy wins you said or something like that? Three or whatever? I don't right. know. Three. Is it worthy of writing, directing, blah, blah, blah? Maybe in a vacuum you could say so. I don't think directing should have gone. Uh, directing should have gone to Ava DuVernay in a runaway as far as I'm concerned. Because if nothing else, the tiebreaker for the, such an event between Chernobyl and When They See Us should have been cultural relevance. And nothing about that show gets done without Ava DuVernay, who was... The, the, had the vision for it and had to fight to get it off the ground and put her all into it. I didn't watch, I haven't watched the whole thing. I have watched all of her Chernobyl, but what I've seen from what they see us, it just outshines what I've seen from Chernobyl in wow. general, as wow. far as directing goes. High praise. That's one of the shows I definitely have to watch coming out of the Emmys here. Yeah. Tallies by network now, Michael. HBO uh, won nine in the big night, 25 at the Creative Arts. It is 34 for 137 total nominations. It had 90 and 47 at those two award shows. My God, HBO is cleaning up at this award show. It's not TV, Michael. It shouldn't be in this category, this uh, award show. What is it, Mike? 
It's a dad joke. That's right. It's, it's a, a bad, bad joke. That's a word, worst joke ever. So Netflix was 23 for 88 at the Creative Arts and 4 for 30 at the major awards. That's 27 total for 118. So Netflix, like I said, early in the night was having trouble, wasn't landing much, and there was starting to get this narrative and this imperative of, wow, the Academy of Television is really having a backlash against streaming, and then Fleabag went on to win everything, <laughs> and, and Netflix had a couple wins along the way, so especially the biggest one was from When They See Us, I would argue, it was my moment of the night, but we'll get into that later, but it did have some crucial wins. I don't know that you can have that, I don't think that narrative holds up with TV, because streaming has just had such a massive impact. I think streaming's done already in television what people are speculating will it do in movies at least that's where how i digest it because i think it's just there have been moments and shows that you have to see that are exclusive to the streaming networks follow the money mr woodward follow yeah. the money yeah amazon went eight for 29 at the creative arts seven for 18 at the majors 15 wins of 47 total nominations the best batting average the best percentage for sure yeah, finish this list though, Mike, because I'm going to bring up a point that our buddy Scott Feinberg talked about. So I just tallied the the networks that won at the major awards. NBC won 5 of 44 at Creative Arts, 2 of 15 at the major awards show. That's 7 of 59. FX went 3 for 23 at Creative Arts, 2 for 9 at the major show. That's 5 for 32 total. And Showtime went a combined 0 for 18, I believe. So th those are the network tallies. Again, HBO atop the list. The best percentage goes to Amazon, and uh, Netflix had a lot of wins and nominations as well. So the big ones the big winners hbo netflix amazon like you said the only broadcast network you mentioned in that list is nbc you could say fx is part of fox it's a spinoff if you want it that's fine scott feinberg made the point how long hmm. is there going to be a battle between the broadcast networks to show the emmys which highlights the best of tv and doesn't ever reward shows on broadcast networks why would broadcast networks bid to show their demise and highlight, have this award show that tells basically that they're not up to snuff anymore? Well, one thing that they will do when this happens, and it's been happening of late, is show the climax of the entire series <laughs> to ruin to your it to HBO. streamability on your award show. I guess that, that has to be a shot across the belt. It's ridiculous. Maybe. I mean, maybe there is something to that, but I, I, I think it's really interesting. And why would Fox pony up money to show the Emmys anymore? Like, here's all the shows that we're not, the categories we're not competing up for the best of television. Because ratings. It has to be. I guess. Does it even have that big of a rating anymore? Does it do that much business for Fox? I, I mean, we know the Oscars have, you know, they're collecting $3 million or whatever for a 30-second spot still. So the Oscars are certainly wholly dependent on broadcast television. I don't know that is broadcast television dependent on the Emmys. Couldn't they get away with, like, showing another football game? Honestly, well, football games get, do high rating. I don't, yeah. I don't know the comparison though. We'd have to, we'd have to dive into that at some point. So let's uh, run down the show a little bit. I, I yeah. would say uh, let's talk about the no host opening gag. We have Homer Simpson. It's hit with a piano. Anthony Anderson jumps on stage. <laughs> I'll save the Emmys. Mom, open your purse. Let me steal these, you know, awards. Yeah, it's I didn't goofy. understand. Brian Cranston comes out. We we laugh at the Dumphies. We cry with the Pierces. And that's multiple times every single week. 
please stop making us cry. The funniest part was the montage being shown because they keep showing people crying. I had such an issue with any kind of extracurricular skit they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I thought this show, I mean, I'm Not sorry. For saying, I thought it was awful, awfully directed. I laughed here and there, and I'm grateful for when I laugh yeah. at, at entertainment, bottom line. But I would agree with you that most things were not funny, or they were mildly funny, and I would crack a smile, but that would be it. And the pacing of this show was just like, I mean, this is, I, I think this show was what the Oscars fear, and why the Oscars wanted to not broadcast every 24 award, and why they don't want to add new categories, right. because there was 27 awards shown. This felt like it was directed by a third base coach on a double to the gap like come on get on stage get off stage next award let's go keep going like just waving his arm around everybody says you got to work faster in tv right (laughs) you're right this was a breakneck pace this was crazy and because of that you don't have time to set up a lot of jokes in a way right you can't let things breathe you gotta just get in get out and drop a one-liner maybe if you can and some of those didn't work thomas lennon kind of struggled in that regard i thought that was like of the comedy i think I appreciated that most, but I think it went over many people's head because he's trying to get in these jokes while people are having these moments of celebration and trying to get it in over a room full of applause. That's tough. It's just awkward. I had a few laughs. I mean, he said Chernobyl, the little nuclear disaster that could. <laughs> and then he's like, John Oliver wins. And John also played a digitally animated toucan in Disney's The Lion King for no reason. <laughs> So he had some funny stuff, but it just played really awkwardly. Because I mean, he's trying to do it over these moments where these people are crying and very yeah. surprised and great. It just a lot of awkward things about the in between comedy from the show. I also have a big nose, and Thomas Lennon, you don't have a big nose. That's a really ballsy <laughs> joke. You're going for it there. No, I'm fine with it. So the presenters, the comedy bits, the performances. You know, again, some of them landed. I think the Ben Stiller, Bob Newhart, Wax Museum thing was was good. That was funny. That I was agree. excellent. And that landed well. And that's because Bob Newhart still has the best timing on the planet. So good. It's on. We need to put him in, actually in the Smithsonian. Just make sure he's here forever. <laughs> I heard a lot of criticism of the Ken Jong making a TikTok video. This did you? I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was charming. I thought it was funny. I thought it was stupid, but I thought most of the comedy was yeah. stupid. Uh, I did laugh at Maya Rudolph and Ike Barinholtz doing the LASIK eye surgery thing and mispronouncing all the names. That was very funny. Maya Rudolph, she's making herself priceless to all these award shows. She will forever have an invitation to every major award show because Good. every time she just kills it. And she's a highlight every time she's on stage. And if we do do a host, let it be Maya Rudolph. Why not? What are yeah, we doing? Absolutely. It's ridiculous. I like the Applebee's. Even Applebee's has a host joke from uh, Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert. That was that was cute, but yeah. I didn't think that worked overall. Nah. Adam Devine's, Devine's musical number. I Mike. hated that. Why? I absolutely hated it. He knocked the guy in the stilts with in the balls, and that was supposed to be hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, Adam Devine's very multi-talented. He can sing and dance, and that's nice to see. But you're doing this to highlight variety shows, okay? But every variety show that was nominated was a talk show, except for SNL. Look, they should have just shown the hats that Billy Porter rejected to choose Yo. the hat he chose, because I would be more interested in that. There should be a whole series on what hat Billy Porter's going to wear to the next award show. Harry Washington presented that award, and she strutted. First of all, yeah. this stage, right, it looked like the biggest stage in the history of cinema, anything. Mm-hmm. It looked like this stage was like 125 feet by 125 feet. It just it looked like large. a massive sandbox. 
Kerry Washington struts, and I mean struts, mm-hmm. all the way across the stage to present the award for Best Actor in a Dramatic Series. Billy Porter wins it. And I said this, if you took that hat that Billy Porter wear <laughs> and just combined it with Kerry Washington's strut, you would have a person so filled with just mojo and class and sat, like, we wouldn't be able to look at it with human eyes. It would be impervious. It would be unseeable to people like us because we're not worthy of seeing someone that badass exist in this life. And that's why they had to be separated into Kerry Washington strut and Billy Porter sat. It couldn't be on one person. That is the highest praise <laughs> you've ever given anybody or anything on this show. And uh, I can't disagree with you. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I just, I'm surprised right. uh, that an award show brought that level of <laughs> superlative out of you. That's I had incredible. to think of these things while the comedy wasn't making me laugh on the show. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Viola Davis had a fun intro into the drama section. I kind of like that. That was cool. If we have Viola Davis, who's missing a Grammy for an EGOT, mm-hmm. and we have Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's missing an Oscar for an EGOT, mm-hmm. why don't we have Lin-Manuel Miranda and Viola Davis star in a musical together and release the soundtrack? <laughs> Doesn't this solve everyone's yeah, problem? You, you thought of a lot of things during this broadcast. I hated the comedy in the show, Mike. Yeah, I guess you did. I guess you did. You know what I hated? The feeling that I, I couldn't help but notice that Viola Davis had walking in those shoes. She was walking very slowly. Oh, my Those were clotting. God. It might have been Amelia Clark, but somebody on Instagram was showing that they wore these heels. Right. Uh, on the dance floor. And these heels must have been seven inches tall. I don't know how women walk around in these I things. don't know either. God bless your calves and ankles. It is. It is absolutely insane. And I hurt for them. Uh, <laughs> so Halsey, she does the in-memoriam performance of Time After Time. Carol Channing gets the, the hammer spot there. That was moving. And she's super talented. I, I like that song. I really like that Too song. Much. really like that performance. I like the, the in-memoriam. always very nice at these awards show. A little surprise. Carol Channing got the hammer spot over the likes of Stan Lee, Penny Marshall, Rip Torn, Valerie Harper. I was a little surprised. Well, they're all kind of down the stretch there. Yeah. Um, when are we going to start having in-memoriam sections for people's careers that are never coming back? Yeah, that's that's a can different we, show. Can we start doing that at these award shows? A different show. <laughs> like, like people in TV who have been revealed to be monsters who should never work again, the, just to reinforce that point. The Scarlet Letter section. Right. Like. And what do you sing? <laughs> what, like Megadeth? Na, 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 na. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so biggest surprise win, biggest moment, like, you, you have it here. We both have the same moment. Jarell Jerome. Yeah, I think that was the moment of the night, honestly. And Jarell Jerome, after when they see us, had been beaten down, didn't win for writing, didn't win for directing. Jarell Jerome does end up winning Best Lead Actor in a Limited Series. It was a big explosion of joy for when they see us finally getting recognized, for Jarell Jerome getting his win, a lot of big applause, and then he highlights the exonerated five who stand up and they were giving their appreciation to him noticing them mm-hmm. and because they stood up in the crowd the entire crowd gives them a standing ovation another to me an example of the directing being terrible in this because they cut that really quick and i thought that was a moment you should linger on and you should pay attention to the crowd recognizing these men and giving them the standing ovation they just cut and went to commercial really quick but i thought that had they lingered on that would have been a moment to remember still was the moment of the night for me which is very heartwarming and very touching and i i thought it was certainly a highlight cosign cosign no question all right so let's talk about some acceptance speeches and by way of talking about some more wins i guess so overall though i had no long boring unlistenable speech 
at this award show. I thought they were all pretty brief. They had a point. Even the ones that were just kind of listing a few names, they were just so quick that I just inane to me and I didn't have a problem with them it was really really nice to to feel that way we we slogged through some of the Oscars I mean it, it's got to help to have the creative arts Emmys who sure. knows the non you know performers give a lot of speeches they can struggle and we've seen that at the Oscars that's why my idea of having film school contest winners make you a montage video 30 second commercial of your acceptance speech is a great great freaking idea <laughs> let the editors and the production designers do what they do best mentor young people in this apprentice industry mentor young people making their glorification videos or political statement videos, whatever you want to do for that 45-second video, that should be done at the Oscars instead of having to watch them pass a piece of paper across and awkwardly list a bunch of names. That is the worst. Yeah, I actually don't mind that uh, that idea at all. I think there's, it's a great idea. Um, I also want to know your thoughts, this setup that the Emmys did, of mm -hmm. announcing the nominees, then having a disemboweled voice announcing the presenters... <laughs> Having the presenters then come out, do their bit, then go, then go right into, and the winner is, and opening the envelope. Did you like that? It's disjointed. It is. Yeah. I wonder if it drew out the suspense more for people. Like, we don't have a lot of skin in this game. Right, we right, sure. We're not predicting it, but I wonder if you mention it and then you got, like, a couple minutes and you and you smash things together. I wonder if that drew out a little suspense or if it kind of annoyed people. I don't know. I feel like it added to the the pace of the show like the quickening I, i'm saying this is a bad thing i feel like it like too quick like you didn't have the presenters out there for long enough to get into any kind of bits or get any kind of comedic timing because they just wanted to open the award the envelope and get off the stage and you already have the nominees listed out so it seemed like it was just it added to this breakneck speed that i was watching it did. i didn't like it I, I i i was not a fan of it but I don't know. I would like to know other people's thoughts on that, too. I'd like to know other people's thoughts about the direction of this show overall, because I really had a problem with it a couple, in a couple different ways. Yeah, again, the reviews I read seem to have more, more problems than praiseworthy moments. To get into some of those speeches and other wins, it was fun to watch the two marvelous Mrs. Maisel cast members, Tony Hilarious. Shalhoub, Alex Borstein win. I liked, you know, Shalhoub's gag there. Just deal with my endless list, and then he thanks only two people, two people. four yeah, different ways. Very good. Alex Borstein jokes about not wearing any underwear, and then seriously yeah. talking about stepping out of line. Really I mean, like that. Wow. Step out of line, ladies. Don't Great be afraid story. to step out of line. That was really, really good. To hold so efficiently and. TV, they tell stories efficiently, Michael. That's one thing we've learned. Yeah. Patricia Arquette, I mean, that moving yeah, tribute geez. to her sister Alexis and her call for equality Heavy. for trans people, excellent. And uh, that was Laverne Cox, who they showed in the audience giving her a standing ovation, too, as soon as the camera cut right away to her. That was a nice job. I mean, talk about heaviness and talk about feeling for a person. But you also had some funny moments, like SNL winning for Best Variety Series over Sarah Silverman's whatever she was nominated for, mm. and then cutting to Sarah Silverman pretending to be sleeping, mm. waking up, mouthing, who won? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I was like, one of the funniest moments of the night for me. Uh, we had Billy Porter winning for Pose, huge moment of the, on the night. 
The James Baldwin quote, Mike. It took many years of vomiting up all of the filth that I was taught about myself and halfway believed before I could walk around this earth like I had the right to be here. And he goes on to say, we all have the right. And that was an awesome speech. Awesome. We could not have anybody better suited for this position than Billy Porter. He is uh, certainly a magnanimous personality and certainly someone worthy of being in this position, ultimately talented and a, a true advocate. It's so refreshing and it's so awesome to watch somebody finally having their moment mm-hmm. after 30 years right. of working so damn hard to, to work their way up. Agreed. And I, then they just embrace that moment and they knock it out of the park. It's, yeah, and he is really a super-duper star. I hope he stays in the limelight for a long, long time, and he certainly has the talent to do so. So we mentioned some shocking losses already. Veep not winning a thing. Uh, not exactly shocking after Fleabag was winning everything to, to lose the comedy series, you know, the series award at yeah, the end of the day. but that's where the Oscars line of thinking paid dividends. Mm-hmm. Like, Fleabag won the undercard, so Fleabag wins the comedic series award. Fleabag might just be superior this past season, and everybody just thought it was undeniable. I mean, that seems to be what happened. Game of Thrones won because it was its last season, is my is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but they still have <laughs> two feature-length movies in there, in that season of television. That's fine. There's two feature-length movies with some goods delivered higher I, than anything we've seen on the big screen. I cannot get off the point of, if I were to sit you down and have you watch these seasons, all those shows that were nominated, those seasons that were nominated... Like John Hamm wanted us to do, yeah. You're not going to think Game of Thrones was the best dramatic season on TV this year. I don't know, Mike. It was, again... You hated certain parts of it. I hated certain parts, but I also loved beyond... I mean, it gave me moments of joy. And Succession is aesthetically pleasing. As a film critic, as a critic of drama, I loved it. We as human beings could not visibly (laughs) see one of the biggest episodes in the final season. Yeah, there's like three minutes of, you know, (laughs) shitty shitty visibility. But I also watched it on a better TV than you did. And you couldn't see! I know. You're not wrong. I'm just saying the highs are high. Fine. <laughs> All right. So directing went to Jason Bateman instead of the game. Of I'll Thrones tell you guys. who was shocked about that was Jason Bateman. Yeah. I mean, the look, he had just come off losing best lead actor in a dramatic series. That He lost that to Billy Porter. They go to him. He's one of, what, two nominees out of the six, again, that aren't Game of Thrones nominees for this right. category of directing a dramatic series. He wins it for Ozark, and the camera cuts to him, and he just is stone-faced and not moving, as if he almost didn't hear his name called. Then he finally starts showing, and he's like, wow, he certainly did not expect that. Credit to him. Jason Bateman also directed that that comedy a couple years ago, Bad Words, which I think was his directorial debut, maybe, I want to say. I remember off the top of my head. I, don't, I liked I don't it. Remember. Didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I was high on it. I, I think he does have a career in directing ahead of him, certainly, obviously, the Emmy. That's not exactly. Here's another award. Here's another award that Jason Bateman wins. He wins best reaction shot to a comedy bit yes. in that actual award show. Yeah. And they're talking about how they're sick of him telling his vacation stories on Jimmy Kimmel Live or <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Yeah. All right, so there was some funny stuff. More than that I'm was really funny. You're right. That was very funny. I like that a yeah. lot. Finally, I thought it was a shock that Jodie Comer won over her co-star, lead actress in a drama series there for Killing Eve. It was it was incredible. I have no attachment or knowledge whatsoever about the Killing Eve show. That's something that I kept hearing uh, pundits talking about, how Sandra Oh was going to win that, or it wasn't going to be Jodie Comer, and yet she wins. But didn't Sandra Oh just have a big year last year at the Emmys? Wasn't she just coming off a couple wins there for Killing Eve? I believe so. 
Listen, here's what I know. I, I feel like there were a lot of shots, and again, we don't study the TV overall. We're just giving our kind of our hot takes and of the moment stuff and highlights here. But I, I feel like Vegas probably made a decent amount of money because if you bet favorites tonight, you you didn't do well, I don't think, except for the biggest categories because there was a lot of upset. I mean, Jason Bateman had to be an underdog. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I know for a fact, was an underdog compared to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So there was a lot of surprise wins in stuff that people were sure wasn't going to happen. Scott Feinberg was like rattled afterwards in his reviews. And he usually nails it for, you know, overall in terms of his track record, he is the Oscarologist and he's been predicting Emmys now for a while too. And he was rattled afterwards because he said, yeah, a lot of underdogs won. So maybe that means Vegas lost money. I don't know. Underdogs. Yeah. I'm not sure. But we, the fact that we don't know is why Vegas is so rich. I will get into it. Heavily soon. Don't worry. I'll figure that out. Uncut Gems just had his trailer debut today, and that's that's, right. that's my life going forward. On the next Oscar race <laughs> checkpoint, we will be reviewing that. So, all right, so coming out of this whole show, Mike, what is the TV series you're going to tune into next? Well, the easy answer for me, because I haven't seen it yet, is Fleabag. Uh, yeah. I was very impressed by what that did at the award show, and I do want to check it out. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, independent of what happened at the Emmys, she has gotten all sorts of praise as soon as that series dropped, and it's really funny to me because I didn't, maybe this is a me problem, mm-hmm. I didn't see much praise at all for season one. I mean, this show did not register for me. Well, not at the Emmy level, right? Well, at any level. I'm talking like reviews and the zeitgeist on Twitter, on anything I read. I didn't notice it. The cool kids like Yeah, did they? Okay, that's that's fine. Maybe that's that explains a lot about my life in general. I just watched the first four episodes <laughs> last night, and I liked it, so that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm sticking to that. <laughs> Very good, as long as you can sleep at night. But I was not... No, I was not cognizant of it, and now season two drops. Everybody is talking about it, and everybody's on it, so it makes sense that she were to win. I do feel bad for Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but to answer your question, that's what I'm going to dive into, certainly. Uh, Also need to check out Mrs. Maisel, which I've been telling myself for years, but I'll probably never get around to it. I love that show so much. Uh, Chernobyl is something that I might begrudgingly start watching and give it a a longer chance. When they see us, though, you've started it. Yeah. i got to start that and watch that. I've tried... Escape from Danamora. I think Fossey Verdon's going to be right up my alley. That's a show for sure you might hear me review coming up. Uh, but yeah, stay, Escape at Danamora. I can't get into a lot of the Showtime shows. I don't know what it is with me. Yeah, I have no. that has no appeal for me. I don't know why. I mean, I've watched a bunch of these shows at the same time. I think, I guess the last one is a very English scandal. I, I like English scandals. You like Downton Abbey. I do. Yeah. That's where that, I mean, that's the English. I've embraced it now. Right. Now that it's won the box office, <laughs> I've embraced it. I've, I've just completely come out as a Downton Abbey fan. Uh, I just wanted to say three other things for me. One, commenting on Barry, Bill Hader, well-deserved award. Yes. I thought Henry Winkler deserved the supporting actor, but I didn't see all but those shows. But there was three yeah. nominees there right. uh, from Barry. I, it's, again, all the awards categories that had multiple nominees. Except for Peter Dinklage. Right. It seemed to have it cannibalized one another. And except for Jodie Comer. Again, take a page out of the Oscars book. Don't do this. There's probably more exceptions, but I just didn't. No, no, no. Those are the only two hard and fast. Okay. I'm going to die on that hill <laughs> without doing any research whatsoever. The second thing is two-pronged. I guess it's it's we can wrap up with some fallout and some things we've seen and and why we didn't do this on, mm-hmm. on a Monday or the Sunday night that the award show happened. When SNL won for Best Variety, whatever SNL won, I right. don't know. Sarah Silverman was sleeping. Right. <laughs> uh, Lauren Michaels went up there and gave a very touching speech about how Adam Sandler came back to host for the first time since he was a cast member. Sure. And he gave a song about Chris Farley, and it stopped everyone in their tracks because a lot of the crew on SNL has been there since Adam Sandler was performing on SNL, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. One very moving speech. 
Two, that's why SNL matters. And I'm the first prong is I'm tired of the hate that SNL gets of oh it hasn't had it hasn't been funny in years. It doesn't have teeth. It doesn't have this. SNL Weekly has some of the greatest comedic minds in history mm-hmm. of movies and TVs writing sketches for us. And these people go on to become the biggest stars in the industry. Uh, you can name them off. Uh, they, they have shaped comedy. So for you to say that this is toothless and SNL isn't funny anymore and blah, 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 it's just untrue. You're just being bitter, and you're probably being bitter because of their political commentary, which I understand. It does get a little heavy-handed. But to say that it doesn't have, it doesn't bring any insight, it's not intelligent comedy, it's not good humor, I think that's just false, and that's just sour grapes. I think it takes a lot of swings, though. I I, I, I don't, don't disagree with that. Yeah, I think right now, who's watching SNL? You are a lot Me. of are a lot of Republicans <laughs> watching SNL though. That's the thing. Like, I don't think they are at this point. They know that it's just going to infuriate them, so they're staying away. So it's it's if it's an entire audience of Democrats, I do think that people like me see them swinging and missing. It depends what your tolerance is for that. And you have more a higher tolerance for awkward funny or awkward moments. And that's why you're able to watch reality television, whereas I am not. And yet, and and this is a situation where you get a lot of swings and misses with the comedy because it's just the nature of the beast. It always has been. But that's also what SNL's always done. Right. I but, mean, like when Bill Clinton was in office, they certainly were going after Bill Clinton. And the scandal and the cheating and all the impeachment and et cetera, I'm et just saying, you know, I'll tend to watch like the big skits that I hear about on YouTube and whatnot. And I probably won't watch the whole show. You know, I'll you're, probably watch three whole shows a season. You're also a much more well-rounded and accepting person of people of the Republican Party. I am so fed up with every one of their fucking senators and congresspeople right now. But that's a different podcast for a different day. It's a different podcast <laughs> entirely. The second thing I wanted to say about the SNL thing... When Lauren Michaels was giving this speech, uh, Keenan Thompson was kind of goofing off, posing, taking selfies, and taking pictures of the crowd. And he got a lot of flack for that uh, online that I saw. You can feel about that what you want, I guess. To me, I didn't see it. I mean, the guy's certainly paid his dues. He's the longest reigning cast member of SNL ever. He's been in our lives since he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as a big deal. People thought it was just this, this giant moment of disrespect that I saw. And, you know, good for you, you jackass, blah, blah, blah. I, like, he's Keenan, man. He can, he's, he's fine. He can do whatever he wants in that situation, I think. That's how I feel about it. I just think that's ridiculous criticism yeah. because, I mean, look, I mean, the part of the reason we love award shows is to see all of the most likable people on the planet. Their their currency is likability right. as well, actors. Yeah. And for them to be likable and to play to a crowd in between commercial breaks, who the fuck <laughs> cares about that? It's just what they do. That's what they do. They're well, they entertainers. Said was, they said it was during Lauren's speech and they said it was very, you know, Lauren was trying to make this moment. Lauren takes a while to talk. <laughs> And Keenan probably has driven Lauren nuts for a That's long time. That's what I was like. Lauren and Keenan clearly have a kinship. They're okay with A lot each other. of, you know, the cast members love to drive Lauren right. nuts. And I don't think Lauren would have it any other way. I mean, I'm just going to call him by first name. Right. Because he's a future friend of the show. We're on the I'm cusp sure. of being cast right members there. anyway. We'll yeah, talk writers, to him soon. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've, we've we know a guy who knows that guy. We've paid our dues. That's right. So, I think yeah. We're here. We're ready. So that's your episode of Mike, Mike, and Emmy, your one 
show a year. We, we actually concentrate on TV for the most part. No, we'll do it when it comes up and it's a big moment. But we wanted to hit touch on that, certainly. And we're just itching for award shows that matter. And that's kind of the kickoff to award season here, along with all the other film festivals that have been going on. But we clearly want to know your thoughts, your comments, questions, concerns about anything we touched on with our Emmys recap. And certainly, if you're more in tune with television, uh, if there's something we missed and some big story going on that we're not touching on, we want to hear that from you. If you can reach out to us, leave us those comments, questions, concerns about this and anything else we do in the MMO Empire. You can do that at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere. You hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. And for those of you that use Apple Podcasts or have iPhones, if you can take 30 seconds, go on your podcast app, that little purple app with the white little, I don't know what that is, antenna, I guess, <laughs> coming out of it. Uh, tap on that, go in the lower right hand corner to search, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar and submit. You'll see our logo there. You can tap on that. We're wearing our very special Halloween stuff in our logo. Now That's right. Because it is the season, tis the spooky season. Uh, if you can tap on our logo, scroll down once, you'll see the opportunity to leave us a five-star review. It'll take you all of about 20 to 30 seconds. If you want to leave a comment, uh, we may even read it out on air someday. You can do that as well. Otherwise, Michael, what's some words of wisdom and what are coming? What are what is coming up next from MMO? Uh, TV has been increasingly cinematic, you know, for the last 20 years now, and it, it certainly is a hot spot. We see a lot of our favorite movie stars doing great television. We watch a ton of television. We review it on MMO Weekly. We'll take the time to review the big shows and you know one-off episodes going forward. We've been doing that thus far, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll do a little more of it going forward because we like it. Bottom yeah. line, and we're we're kind of just doing stuff we like on this show, and we had a great time watching the Emmys overall for all the pros and cons. And I guess that's who we are. You know, we love award shows. Yeah, and, we do. And this was like a you know just a, a really fun night. So if you just love award shows too, but you're more TV centric, then yeah, tune into our Oscar coverage here and there, and uh, listen to some movie reviews. Pick and choose. We got a humongous catalog of awesome stuff. We just reviewed the Downton Abbey movie that was number one at the box office. We have the Joker character study where we reviewed Cesar Romero and Mark Hamill's Jokers on the TV side, and now we're gonna have Heath Ledger, and we also reviewed Jack Nicholson, and we'll have Jared Leto. Uh, before Joaquin Phoenix's movie comes out, doing an episode on that. That is the series in general for the for the Joker character study. We also got a Tarantino, Pixar, MCU, all these rewatch series that we're very proud of. Uh, in addition, like I said, to those two weekly news and variety shows for the Hollywood world, somebody's got to stop me speaking because once I start, I, I may not be able to stop here, Michael. Basically, if a movie was made from like 1985 to present <laughs> yeah. day, we've commented on it That's so right. far. That's You'll right. You'll find it in our back catalog. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Somebody else spoke. So, yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> when reality sucks, you can come watch movies and TV sometimes uh, with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Try to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We'll catch you soon. Now do it. Goodbye. <laughs>